and get ready for Pastor Rose. Here she is. Well, good morning. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Anna. I have been watching the YouTube thread this morning and I know that you are experiencing Jesus significantly where you are. I know here in this place, there is such an atmosphere of the Jesus himself being real and evident. And I know that it's happening where you are because I'm seeing comments like, whoa, come Jesus and whoa, amazing. So I love that that's how good our God is, that all it takes is for us to turn our heart toward him and he just comes in like a flood because he's been waiting all along for us to be with him. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today and in a, in a digressive kind of way. So just follow me and let's go along for the ride. So we're in our Love One Another series at the moment. And this week, it's love one another through the lens of being discipled. You know, when we say love one another, it is absolutely easier said than done. I mean, what even is that? And who is one another? I wonder what it evokes for you when you hear the phrase, love one another. I know for me, I haven't always found it easy to love others. And if I'm honest, I know that I haven't always been lovable. I bet if you're honest, you haven't always been that lovable either. But, you know, when I come to a point where I struggle with loving one another, when it's hard to, hurt, to, to love people because they might have hurt me, they might have um, disappointed me, and I'm like, well, maybe they just don't deserve it. You know, have you ever found yourself saying that? Well, why should I love them? They just don't deserve it. You know, when I find it hard to love people, I, I have to think, well, how am I going to find my way out of this? I know this isn't where I want to be. How am I going to find my way back to love? Now, lucky for me, I have a really great husband who after I have a really big complaint, he points me back to Jesus every time. And so I know that Jesus is my source of love, my source of forgiveness. And when I remember how much Jesus loves me, how much he's done for me and how much I have been forgiven, it's much easier for me to show love to others. You know, I wonder, actually, what I've discovered is that loved people love people. You know, you might have heard it said in the past that hurt people hurt people. Well, it works the other way around. Loved people love people. You like how I went all Sermon on the Mount on you there? Little Jesus-like? Loved people love people. You see, when you know who you are, when you know whose you are, when you know love, then you can love. Now, I wonder for you today, how do you find your way back to love? And who do you go to as your source of love? I hope that today it's Jesus, because he is the truest form of love. And maybe you can relate to some of what I've been talking about today. Maybe someone has tested your love and made it hard for you to love them. Maybe you've been in a business deal and it's gone wry and you've had to make a choice. Will I choose the way of love or not? Maybe a close family member or friend has really hurt you and you've had to make a choice. Will I choose the way of love or not? Or what about maybe something just hasn't gone wrong? What about you just don't feel like loving someone today? I mean, we've all been there, right? Well, what about who am I supposed to love? Not just the when am I supposed to love, but the who am I supposed to love? You see, we might think we love everyone. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, you're most certainly called to love everyone. But, you know, for me, I like to toe lines a little. And I've towed that line between love and like a few times. Like, I might have to love you, but I don't have to like you. Have you ever told yourself something like that before to kind of justify why you might not love somebody the way you know that you should. But see, 
Here's what I know about Jesus. For him, love is the bottom line every single time. I'm sure he looks at my life and there's a few things he might not like sometimes, but he loves me every single time. And so that's how I need to be with others, that love is the bottom line every single time. You know, when we ask, who am I supposed to love? Jesus doesn't, doesn't muddle or mumble over his words. He says, love one another as I have loved you. Or to quote Bob Goff, who am I to love? Everybody, always. That's who I'm to love. Everybody, always. So today we are talking about love one another through the lens of being discipled. Well, how does being discipled relate to love? Well, I've been telling you, loved people love people. When you are schooled by love, when you abide in love, when you get to know love, then you can show love and give love to others. So I want you to get ready for a little Bible lesson here today. We're going to go old school. And it's the lesson you've been taught ever since you were a little kid. Now, even if you didn't grow up in church, you've been taught this same lesson because it's basically the same standard of society. We are to love one another. We are to show kindness to one another pretty much all the time. Now, I know that's been tested a lot in recent times, especially in our country and in other countries too, but even in our city right now in Melbourne, it's been tested that we love one another just because we share a different opinion with them or may not agree with everything people say. It's that line between like and love. But today we can choose to love, even though there may not be things that we like about one another. So what is discipleship? Discipleship is pretty much following Jesus but super closely. It's walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, asking him questions, watching him, learning from him, observing him, just like the 12 disciples did. It's pretty much just Jesus' school. So Jesus is our teacher and we are his students. Now to give you a modern day reference, think Mr. Miyagi and Daniel's son, yeah? So you've got the teacher who is doing things and on the surface, we just don't understand what the teacher is doing. But when we look closely and we get to know the teacher's heart, then we understand the teacher's lessons. We, what happens is the teacher shows us, then we do it with him, then he corrects us a little, and then he lets us do it on our own. And that's what it's like to be schooled and discipled by Jesus. And today, that is what we are gonna do. We're gonna uncover some of the heart of God, and we're gonna uncover how it is that by following Jesus, we can learn to love. By being discipled by Jesus, we can learn to love. And if my little Mr. Miyagi reference was lost on you, I know what you need to be watching after church today. <laughs> so if you've got a Bible, we're going to have a look at John chapter 15 today. But if you don't, the words are going to come up on your screen. And hey, let's read it together today. Let's get involved in the Word of God and let's read it together. So John chapter 15 from verse 1. This is Jesus talking. If you've got a red letter Bible, it's in red letters. He says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, 
and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you ask and you will desire, it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. Verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, when Jesus was talking and when he was saying all of this and John thankfully wrote it all down for us, Jesus was talking about himself and he was talking about what he was going to do when he was going to lay down his life for us. But he was also talking about the way that we are to love one another. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to have a look in and around some of this text and what Jesus was actually saying, how that applies to us when we're trying to love one another and what it actually has to do with being discipled in order to love one another. So we have established it's Jesus talking. He calls himself the true vine. He calls his father the vine dresser. So the father is the one who comes along and he helps us to, you know, prune off and snip off those things around our lives that aren't quite looking like Jesus. And Jesus calls us the branches. So he's the true vine, we are the branches. And the first thing Jesus does is give us an invitation to discipleship. He says, abide in me. Doesn't that sound a lot like our theme for this year at MCC? Come walk with me. The invitation always has been and always will be, abide in me. That's where Jesus wants us to be, in the place of discipleship. He doesn't say, come do whatever I tell you to do. He's not that kind of God. He says, come abide in me. Abiding is dwelling. It's just chilling. It's being friends. It's hanging out and getting to know him. Why? Why would we want to abide in him? Because he wants to love us. He wants us to let him love us so that when we fully know love, then we can love. We're going to jump down to verses um, four and five. We've just talked about verse four where Jesus says, abide in me. But then verse four and five, he says, abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. I, I in you and you in me. Whoever bears much um, and you will bear much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. Jesus starts talking about fruit. So we know that Vines, imagine a vine, a grapevine. We know that it's got branches and we know that those branches, hopefully, if the vine's being well looked after, is bearing grapes, yeah? Fruit. We're coming into summer now. We're about to see grapes that are not imported come into our supermarkets because they're going to come from Australian soil. And it's because the vines have been well looked after. So Jesus starts talking about fruit. I want to talk for a minute about what this fruit is. See, in his letter to the Galatians, Paul talks about fruit. And Paul says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The very first fruit Paul mentions is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. That's pretty much saying the evidence of Jesus working in your life 
is love. That's what the Spirit is. The Spirit is the evidence of Jesus. It is testifying of who Jesus is. So the evidence of Jesus working in you is love and that we would bear fruit and the fruit would be love. Let's have a little bit of talk about this fruit. See, we can use these two words here pretty much interchangeably. When we say fruit, we can say love. When we say love, we can say fruit. Jesus is telling us if we want to bear fruit, we have to stay plugged into the vine. If, if you, you just cannot go, hey, I'm going to just fall off here and hope that I bear some fruit of my own. It doesn't work that way. The fruit has to stay as part of the vine in order to produce and bear good fruit. Okay, we want to bear good fruit, not just any old fruit. See, let's bring it into the context of love. Jesus is saying this. On your own, you will be able to love. On your own, you'll have some good attempts at loving. But on your own, you will never know the greatest form of love. On your own, you will never know the highest form of love. On your own, you will never know how to give and receive unconditional love. Because that's the love God has and that's the love God gives. So if we want to have that fruit in our lives, then we need to hang out with that source of love. We need to be branches attached to the vine. And when we bear fruit, I talked about it being good fruit. So you don't want to pick fruit before it's ripe. If our fruit's not ripe, if people are tasting the fruit of our life, if they're tasting the love of our life and it's a little like this when they bite it, Maybe we need to check the source that we're plugged into. Hey, am I plugged into Jesus? Am I producing fruit that tastes good? Or when they bite your fruit, you know that taste when a banana is just way too ripe and it's only good for cooking and you're just like, ugh, I do not want to bite that. Or a pear when it's just gone way too brown and you bite it and it's just that potato mushiness. You don't want to have that kind of fruit either, that you've held on to the love of Jesus so much for yourself that it's gone staled. You haven't been sharing it with others. So we need to be plugged into the vine. We need to be producing good fruit, fruit that is ripe and fruit that we're sharing with others. Are you following me here? How discipleship keeps us plugged into the vine, makes us be abounding in the presence and love of God. And then we produce love in our lives. That's how we love one another. I want to jump down now to verse seven and eight. Now, this one's a little on the side. I'm giving you this one for free. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it'll be done for you. Some people cut that out, stick that over their lamppost and go, yes, amen, that Lamborghini is mine. That, what, that house with the white picket fence and the big double garage and the, and the wife and kids, that's mine. No, that is not what Jesus is talking about. Let's look at this in context, yeah, because context is a beautiful thing. Jesus is saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Let me tell you something. When you start to hang out with Jesus, when you start to understand the teacher's heart, what you desire starts to change. Starts to look a little like what he desires. Think about the friends you hang out with most. After a while, someone starts a phrase and then you all pick up that phrase and then no one remembers how that phrase started anymore. Or suddenly, things that you never really used to like, you like, just because the people that you surround yourself with like those things and get you involved in those things. And it's a little like our heart with God. When we start to hang around with Jesus, we start to desire what he desires. And when our heart looks like his, those things come out from us and we say, God, I want this. I want restoration for these people. I want healing for these people. I want wholeness for these people. And God gives us those things that we desire because that's what his heart desires. So that one was for free, but let's connect it now to verse eight. 
He says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and you will be my disciples. Jesus is saying this. When we abide in him and our desires become his desires, when we start to think like love, that actually glorifies God. When the expanding of love in our lives by our abiding happens, when love grows in us because we abide, God gets glory. I mean, how we don't even do anything other than abide, but it glorifies God that we abide. Because why? Love starts to transform who we are and starts to transform how we think, how we act, how we speak with others. And God gets glory because his love is being given out all around the earth. Just by hanging out with Jesus, just by getting to know Jesus, just by letting his love change you and then going and acting in that way, God gets glory. How tremendous is that? Sometimes we think we have to do, 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 be, 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 act, act, act to win God's approval. Well, we all know we don't have to win God's approval. He loves us unconditionally. But we think if I do more for him, if I show that I'm loving, but he's not asking us to do or show anything. He's asking us to abide because he does the rest. We abide in him. We learn from him and that changes us forever. And then we act out of the way that he changes us. You see, when we love others, it evidences who God is in us. It shows the source of love that we're living from. It shows what we're plugged into. That's the fruit of our lives. The way that we love, the way that we speak, the way that we treat others is the fruit of our lives. That shows the source that we're plugged into. So we've talked about loved people loving people. This is how we get loved and this is how we love others. Then we jump over into verse 9. As if Jesus hasn't convinced us enough by this point that his way is the right way and the only way, he slam dunks at home. And this is what Jesus says. It's like he's giving the evidence. Why should you follow me, right? Like as if it wasn't enough to believe Jesus in all of his amazingness and what he says is true. He then just says, and this is absolutely why you need to believe what I'm saying. He says, because as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus is saying, the Father God gives all his love to me. Then I take all that love and give all that love to you. The love Jesus gives to us comes from the Father. Why is that so incredible? Because John, who, wrote, who, who penned these words that Jesus spoke, also wrote a few letters. And John wrote three, three words that make up a phrase. He wrote, God is love. Now, if we knew nothing else about God, if the book, the Bible didn't exist, but we had those three words from John, God is love, we would know all there is to know about God. God is love. He doesn't do love. He doesn't act love. He is in his very nature, love. God is love. So when you walk with Jesus, you talk with Jesus, you abide with Jesus, when you read about him, when you spend time in his presence, You are spending time with love. See, that love is teaching you. You are observing love. You are learning from love. Love is transforming you. Why when we, you know, we just had an amazing time of worship this morning. When we have times of worship together or when you're in your room on your own praying and you encounter that presence of Jesus, why are you so changed? Because you encounter love. You see, love is what moves mountains. Love is what changes atmosphere. Love gives us perspective. It gives us clarity. It gives us hope. And I'm not talking about feelings kind of love. I'm not talking about, oh, I feel good right now. I'm not talking about that mushy kind of love. God's love is hardcore. It's sacrificial love. 
It is believe the best in you always kind of love. It is the see you in your mess and see your potential beyond the mess, pluck you out of the mess, put you on a brand new path and set you up in a life of love kind of love. That's the way God loves. His love is reckless, but not because he's careless. His love is reckless because he gives it without abandon. That's the kind of love that the Father loves Jesus with. And that's the kind of love that Jesus loves us with, me and you. And it's unconditional love. So we've read this passage in John 15. And can I just encourage you, at some point in your week, go back and look at it on your terms. Because what Jesus can speak to you and what the Holy Spirit can show you is going to be personal for you. So have a look at John 15 when you get some time. But just to sum it all up, here's what we've learned from these few verses this morning. God is love. Jesus is fully loved by God and God gives the perfect and sorry Jesus gives the perfect love from the Father to us. Through abiding and through being discipled by Jesus, we allow ourselves to be schooled by him and we learn from love. Love grows and remains in us as we remain in Jesus. Now I just want to emphasize something super important that Jesus says here. Jesus talks about who is responsible for discipleship. He talks about who is responsible for the abiding. Who's responsible for our growth and our discipleship? See, Jesus never said, you must abide in me. He didn't say, I'm going to make you abide in me, whether you like it or not. Jesus says, if you abide in me, he gives the invitation. Will you abide in me? Come abide in me. And that puts the onus for discipleship on us. It puts it on you. It puts it on me. We are responsible for our abiding. We are responsible for our discipleship. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Pastor Matt, Pastor Julie, they're not responsible for your discipleship. Your favorite podcast, that great televangelist you love to watch, they are not responsible for your discipleship. We will inspire you, we will encourage you, and we will do our best at every point to hopefully point you back to Jesus. But see, the only one who can keep their eyes fixed on Jesus for you is you. The only one who can abide with Jesus through thick and through thin, when it gets hard on Tuesday and I'm not there sitting in front of your screen going, hey, you can do this, is you. You're the only one. You can choose to abide with Jesus. So you are responsible just as much as I am responsible for our own discipleship. You know, in, in week one of this series, Matt, Matt quoted Chris Cruz when he said, if you're not intentionally being discipled by Jesus, you will unintentionally be discipled by the world. We really need to ask ourselves today, who is the greatest influence in our life? Where does most of our abiding happen? Where are we choosing to be schooled? You know, I'm not even kidding when I ask this question, but are we being schooled too much by social media? What about just the news? Are we being way too schooled by the headlines? Are we being too schooled by Netflix or some other TV channel you love to watch? What about just the opinions of family and friends? Are we way too schooled by what people think of us or what we think they think of us? Today, we need to be schooled by Jesus. We need to be discipled by love. We need to ask ourselves this, how am I taking responsibility for my own discipleship so that I can grow in love and truly be empowered to love others? If loved people love people, how am I staying connected to love? The question becomes, how do we abide? How do we accept the invitation of Jesus? Quite simple, it's this. We commit. Firstly, we commit to Jesus. 
If you're not already walking with Jesus today, that is your first step. You commit to walking with Him, following Him as your Lord and your Saviour. Today's the day where you start your journey of abiding in love. In just a few moments, I'm going to give you the invitation to do that. We're going to say yes to Jesus. If it's, if it's the first time you've ever had that invitation, He's calling out to you. Will you abide in me today? Will you come and know the perfect love of the Father today? Because that's the love I want to give for you. We commit to Jesus. But if perhaps you've already made that first step of saying yes to Jesus, your next step in, in deepening your abiding is simply you need to go further. You need to go deeper. You need to abide more in Jesus. Whether you've known him for five minutes or 50 years, let me give you this one hint. You can never abide too much in Jesus. You can never know him too much because we just never in, in all of our earthside living could get to know the full depth and width and breadth of God and who he is and all his love. So God is inviting us and calling us into a deeper relationship. And, you know, there's really five simple ways I could think of to do that. The first one is prayer. Guys, just start a daily conversation with Jesus. There's no rhythm, no rhyme, nothing that's prescribed that you have to do. Just talk to him. Hey, Jesus, I'm here. What do you want to say to me today? And then you tell him what you want to say to him today. A daily conversation. Second one is worship. Spend time singing songs to Jesus. Pray, worship adore him. You're spoilt for choice. You jump on YouTube and you can pretty much find any country of the world worshipping Jesus and you can join with them. Or you can jump on our church YouTube channel and worship along with our worship sets. Worship Jesus. You know, you don't even need a band to be behind you. Man, I do some of my best worshipping when I'm driving the car or when I'm in the shower. And I bet that you make a joyful noise when you're in the shower too. God loves it when we worship. Next is fellowship. That's just a fancy way for saying hang out with people, kind of think the way you do. If you want to become more Jesus-like-minded, hang out with people who are Jesus-like-minded. So to quote Eddie Maguire, phone a friend, get on a Zoom call, join Connectober after service today. We need to be connecting with people, getting a home base. We need to be connecting with people who think, who think like us and who think the way we want to be thinking. Get in your Bible. You want to learn about Jesus. The book that tells us the most about him is the Bible. And I want to throw out the five-day challenge for you today. What is the five-day challenge? I hear you asking. Let me tell you. Bob Goff, who I quoted earlier, is the, book, is the author of the book, Everybody Always. It's a book about love. And he's written a five-day, it's only five days, one for each day of the week, a five-day version Bible plan. And I just want to put the challenge out there today. Who wants to read it with me? Now, how do you get to read it with me? Super simple. If you subscribe to our Team MCC, hitting your inbox this morning is going to be an email saying, hey, do you want to read this Bible plan with me? And if you do, you click on the button and you'll be joined just like that. And we'll be able to read this plan together for the next five days starting Monday. If you're not part of our subscription list, but you would love to, can you jump on our website, manninghamcc.org, fill out a contact form and say, hey, Rose, want to join the Bible plan, hook me up. Tonight I'll go on, connect anybody up and we'll start fresh tomorrow morning. You know, it's really easy when we think about it. Connecting with Jesus, abiding in love is easy. Sometimes we just need someone to make a way for us to do it. So here I am making a way for the next five days. Will you say yes? Will you commit to going a little deeper into abiding with Jesus through the Bible? 
And the last way is accountability. Yes, Jesus is our teacher. And yes, our discipleship primarily is between us and him. We learn from the teacher and get to know his heart. But sometimes we just need a little help from a friend, yeah? Sometimes when you're trying to form a new habit in your life, you just need someone to encourage you and get alongside you and just keep you in check. If you've never been someone who's prayed regularly, but you want to start praying for five minutes every day, find someone who you feel comfortable telling and just say, hey, over the next few weeks, can you help keep me accountable to that commitment? And then every couple of days they can shoot you a text, hey, How's your praying with Jesus going? Hey, haven't heard from you in a few days. Have you forgotten to pray today? Or they might send you an encouraging word from God. Accountability is so important because we are not called to live alone. We're not just called to love one another. We are called to live together. And I know that we might be separated by various measures at the moment, but it doesn't change what God is doing in us and the fact that we can still love one another where we are. So get accountable. You know, as we finish up today, let's just indulge for a second. Let's just think, what would it look like if we in our lives were truly schooled by love? What would it look like if we said yes and fully committed to discipleship? What would it look like in our homes? What would it look like in our community? What would it look like in our schools and in our workplaces? And I dare to dream big. What would our nation look like? What would it look like if more people said yes to being truly loved in their own life so that they could love others? I dare to say that the world would be changed if we would say yes to knowing the love of Jesus, to abiding in the love of Jesus, to being taught by the love of Jesus and loving one another in that way. Loved people love people. I just want you to think about that today as I hand over to Sam and Anna And then I'm going to meet you over on the stage and we're going to pray together this morning. Won't you join with us and sing? You are. You are my champion And giants fall when you stand undefeated Every battle battle you've won yes Lord 
absolute honour to be able to pray with you this morning. And the first thing I'd love to do is just extend the invitation to you that Jesus extends to us each and every day. It's come walk with me, come abide in me, come and know my love. And if you've never said yes to Jesus before, if you've never made that first commitment step towards abiding in Him, I'm specifically talking to you today. Would you join with me? Would you pray with me a very simple prayer, just opening your heart up to Jesus, to saying yes to His love and getting to know Him today. So would you say this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I thank You for the invitation to, to, to receive Your love. Today I say yes to Your love, to Your forgiveness, to Your grace. Thank You for washing me clean. Thank You for setting me on the path of love. I choose You today. I choose You tomorrow. Help me to walk with You and abide in love. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. And it's as simple as that. Abide in His love. Lord, we pray for those who this morning are echoing those words for the first time. We thank You for the cross that is the point of forgiveness, where we see, God, You are willing to give Your all. That's Your love, God. You are willing to give Your all for us. And this morning, we thank You for that, God. Just seal in their hearts this morning the decision for yes. Seal it in their hearts with Your love and with Your Spirit, God. If that was you this morning, we would love to hear from you. Please go to our website, manninghamcc.org. Fill out a contact form and say, I said yes to Jesus today because we definitely wanna celebrate with you that you said yes to Jesus today. And we'd love to be able to pray with you and, and, and you know, set you up with some things to help you on your Jesus journey. But I'd also like to pray this morning for those of us who may have started that journey, but our commitment is to deepening. We wanna say yes to abiding. So I would invite you where you are, would you just open your hands? If you're not standing, why don't you stand for a minute? Why don't you just stand? Let's just open our hands to Jesus. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you so, 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 so much. We could never outlove you, God. Your love is just so good and so deep and so wide and so covering of all of our shortfalls and all of our mistakes. It's so covering. And God, your love sees us where we are and it always calls us up into higher. It always calls us up into where we can be. And I pray for every person who is saying, yes, I wanna abide more, that Lord, you would help them in their prayer life, in their getting into the word life, in their worship, in their accountability, in their fellowship with one another. You would help them to mature in each of those areas. You would help them stay plugged into the vine so that their fruit would be good, so that it would be fruit that remains, so that others would know they are a disciple by the fruit that they bear, and so that the world could come and taste of our fruit and say, yes, God is good. God is good. We thank You, God, that You would just help us to bear that fruit in our life. Help us to abide. Holy Spirit, nudge us. 
when we have spare moments in our day, God, instead of flicking to our phone or instead of just wasting time, nudge us, nudge us into your spirit, nudge us, God. Sometimes we just need that gentle reminder. We give you permission to remind us, Holy Spirit. And this morning, just lastly, I just love to bring a word from one of our intercessors. We have an amazing team of people who pray through the week and through our Sunday morning services that God would encounter us where I am and where you are. And this morning, one of them has brought a word that they believe is of healing. Anna mentioned earlier that God is here to heal. And I've been sensing all week that God is here to heal. And even if I don't call out your specific need today, God is here to heal. So you bring your need before Him. But God is our Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who heals. And that means to completely make whole, to thoroughly mend and repair. One thing I know about God is He doesn't start something He can't finish. And He's not a half job God. Like I know that my kids, sorry kids, I'll often send them to do a job and it's not usually complete. I often have to say, can you go back and finish it? That's not our God. He finishes what He starts. He completely heals and mends and restores. And that's who He is this morning in our lives. And this morning, um, this is super specific. So there may be someone out there that whose name is Clancy or Clarence, or if someone is watching and they know a Clancy or a Clarence who, um, who is needing healing of the pancreas, God is saying to you, I am the God of healing. I am the God of restoration. I am Jehovah Rapha. So God, we pray, God, for that person who has the issue with the pancreas. And Jesus, we speak healing now complete restoration in the name of Jesus. Not by any power we have, but simply because we know who you are and we know what you do. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, the God who completes, the God who restores. And you would bring healing. And God, for every person that's bringing a need of healing before you today, God, whether it's physical healing, emotional healing, God, wounds we can see and wounds we can't. God, we bring those needs before you and we thank you you are the God who heals, the God who restores, the God who makes new. There is no one else like you, Jesus. We love you so much, God. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.